Welcome to Project Giveback Connects, an extension of Project Giveback in the classrooms, dedicated to inspiring young students to become empathetic, understanding, and community-minded leaders. Project Giveback Connects offers a dose of inspiration and thoughts for discussion. Each live episode is taped and shared with classroom teachers and their students. Sit back, get cozy, let's get connected. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the season finale of Project Give Back Connects, leading by example. Today's guests are trailblazers in their fields. We are so lucky to have these leaders here today who are giving their time, their wisdom, and I think you're gonna see a little bit of their love. They know the secrets to leading with compassion, empathy, and kindness. You know, our logo for Project Give Back, as you know, is a boomerang. When you throw out kindness, it comes back and hits you harder. These leaders not only know this, they live this. They're completely respected and admired by all lucky enough to work under their direction. They're literally walking sermons. Every step they take, every action they make, they make an impact. Our first is a very dear friend. Her name is Lori May. Lori's been in the film business for over 20 years. She's co-founder and co-president of Elevation Pictures, one of the largest independent film companies in Canada. Have you heard of the Academy Awards? <laughs> Have you heard of these winners? Imitation Game, Room, Moonlight, The Cove, Crash, Lori was a big part of that team, bringing it to Canada. In her spare time, she happens to be a board member of the International Film Festival of Canada, and she's a recipient of the Outstanding Achievement Award by Women in Film and Television. On a personal note, when we first started our charity, Jacob's Ladder, years ago, Lori stepped in and she she ran and hosted our very first fundraiser. She's awesome, always giving her time and her love. Welcome, Lori, to Project Give Back Connects. I have a special guest with me today. It's my, uh, my dog Kona's on the floor, so he's gonna be participating in our little event here. That's just to make everybody smile. There you go. Um, I'm honored to have been asked for Ellen to be part of this amazing leading by example. Uh, for Project Give Back. If anybody leads by example, it is definitely Ellen, as everybody on this call knows. When faced with challenges, the general responses are fight, flight, or freeze. Ellen has shown us that fight is the best response, but actually she takes it to the next level in that she doesn't fight per se, rather she advocates for what is right, takes on challenges, and leads with passion. To me, passion is the driver for everything. I've always told my kids, I don't care if you want to run a flower store or be a nuclear physicist and go to the moon, just make sure you're passionate about what you do. I love the film industry. I love the power of storytelling. I love stories that move people, educate people, inspire them. Of course, my company also does a few commercial films because everybody needs to keep the lights on. But when whenever we face a challenge at work, I'm always 
pushing through it because I'm loving what I do and I'm loving what our team does and we're looking to resolve things together. And in fact, the last two years of COVID certainly showed with theaters closing down and productions being delayed for COVID, you know, we could have either rolled up into a ball and said, "Uh oh, now we're in big trouble or we could sit together on Zoom calls and brainstorm and figure out how are we going to take our product and get it to streamers? How are we gonna continue to entertain people so that when they're at home, they have something to do? How are we gonna keep our company moving forward? And so it's that you know glass half full rather than half empty because there'll always be challenges. And I think it's what you do with them, how you come together, how you brainstorm and figure out the best way through. Another important driver is obviously teamwork. Uh, you've heard it before, but I always feel like saying stick because they resonate and have meaning. Um, you know, Elevation started at TIFF in 2013, and we've grown into the largest independent film distribution in Canada. And that's because every single person who works with uh, for us and with us is really driven. They love movies. They, you know, love characters, love talking about it, love movie quotes, you know, love just that whole world. And so it's really a community coming together. And everybody that works for us, was one of one, somebody that worked for me once said, I bleed elevation. I was like, well, don't bleed elevation, but I appreciate the sentiment, which is just, they're always thinking, how can I make this better? How can I contribute? And that team is what makes us a, a success. Absolutely. And there's a magic to films, right? I mean, they're called movies for a reason. It's moving pictures, but it also moves people. And like the film Moonlight, why did that win Best Picture? Because it was a story about struggle. It was a story about love. And it was a story about acceptance. And that resonated with a lot of people. And so for me, who's been in the film industry for over 25 years, you know, whether I'm reading a script to pre-buy at script stage, or I see a movie at a festival, I sort of when I care about the characters or the hair on the back of my neck sort of stands up, I know we have something special because, you know, you can watch something fun. That's a programmer that will, you know, Liam Neeson in the latest holding a gun. This is my last job as a hitman movie. Those are fun, but then you get something like everything everywhere all at once, which sorry is shameless plug, but it's not only is it about the metaverse and it's fun, but it's really working because the message is, really beautiful and ultimately the message of the movie is that no matter what struggles you're facing you are where you want to be and make the most of it and I think that's really resonating with people right now um, obviously another driver is community whether it's your school your house of worship um, I have a big village around me and obviously I'm lucky enough to have friends and family but I also have um, you know my book club, The Sworn Sisters, I've been in for 19 years and we share stories and hardships and it's called The Sworn Sisters because it's confidential and, you know, you can share life's challenges and have a group that's helping you work through them. My girlfriends, the girls sharing funny memes during very hard times during COVID. Uh, Ladies Who Do Box Office, which is my group of women at work and we're always sharing ideas. So it's really you know, I used to think the goal was perfection and that is a big waste of time. I wish I had learned much earlier because as I'm coming up to my 55th birthday, I can finally know that there is, there's no point in that. Like if you're a working mom and you're trying to juggle and every time you're at work, you feel like, oh, I should be at home with my kids. And every time you're with your kids, you feel like, oh, I should be working. You know, just be where you are in the moment. Know that you're doing your best. There is no perfect. 
And it's okay to fail and get back up. In fact, it's good because that's the way you learn the best lessons. And so there's a lot of people out there like trying to take a very safe path to protect themselves from falling. And uh, I'm here to tell you, take the path that excites you. It's okay to fall and get back up. And you'll be amazed at how much you learn. Um, one of my favorite books is Giving uh, by Bill Clinton. And the reason I love it is because, you know, some people like, oh, I don't have money to give. Well, it's not just about, right? Of course, you need to give money. Fundraisers, charities need money to do the research that they do. But you can also give your time. Every charity needs volunteers, as, as Ellen knows from the amazing Jacob's Ladders events. You can give your expertise. I've been a mentor for women in television, women in film and television, WIFT for years, helping young female filmmakers find their voice. Um, you can give uh, in-kind product. We give DVDs to sick kids and Ronald McDonald House and try to provide something for, you know, families going through a, a hard time a little bit, something to make them smile. And we do things, you know, uh, at our office, whether it's collecting hats for a women's shelter or books for uh, a hospice, whatever it is, just it makes people feel good to give. And um, that's what uh, Ellen is teaching and 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 sharing with all of us. And, and I just want to say we can all do good. Like one of my friends is a crown prosecutor who gets bad guys off the streets. And I, I used to think, oh, I can't, I can't do that. Or, you know, I'm on with the head of sick kids. Obviously I'm not doing that, but whatever we're doing, we can all do good. So what can I do? I can provide a, a trip for two for uh, to a LA premiere and give it to a charity to raffle to raise $10,000 for cancer research. I can, like I said, provide DVDs to sick kids. I can speak on panels and help young filmmakers find their calling. So, you know, we're not all gonna be Mother Teresa, but whatever you're doing, you can make an impact. And you'd be surprised if you put yourself out there, what a big impact you could make. And so just keep reading and growing and learning. Like I'm, as I said, turning 55, this year I read Mindset which is a beautiful book about, you know, the fixed mindset is that safe route. And the growth mindset is follow your passion, allow yourself to pivot. You, you might not know, like at age five, you love animals, you want to be a veterinarian. Not everybody knows what they want to do when they're five, 10, 20, 30. Allow yourself to go with the flow, give back along the way, allow yourself to lean on others and allow others to lean on you and you'll all grow together. And obviously have gratitude for the moment and learn from your mistakes and move forward. And so with that, I will say I have gratitude to Ellen and to everyone at Project Give Back and for everyone that's tuned in. And I hope you all continue to do good and go to the movies. Oh, Laurie, it's so nice to hear you talk and thank you. You're so wise and what, what beautiful advice. Thank you. And happy birthday almost. That's, that's uh I know I'm there. It's not Freedom 55, but that's okay. <laughs> I've got some stuff left in me. Thank you, Lori. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. So our next guest is also a true leader and respected by, well, everyone I know for sure. Uh, his title is No Easy Feet. His name is Dr. Ronald Cohn, and he's the president and CEO of the Hospital for Sick Children, we all know it as Sick Kids. Before this, he was the Chief of Pediatrics at Sick Kids 
and the Chair of Pediatrics at University of Toronto. He's a sought after lecturer and speaker all over the world. He's received numerous reward, uh, sorry, awards, also rewards, uh, including the David M. Kamler Award for Compassionate and Expert Care of Pediatric Patients. I mean, there really, there aren't enough hours in the day for this man and what he does. He's also a husband and a doting father. And I just can't believe he's here with us today. Thank you, Ronnie. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Ellen. And honestly, it is my honor to be here. And I'm so grateful for the invitation to speak to you tonight. So I know I'm speaking mostly to young people. So this is all for you tonight. I have been a huge fan and supporter of Project Give Back from the moment I learned about it through my own children when we moved here 10 years ago, who all three participated during their grad grade school in, <clears throat> uh, in this project. And I still remember how much I enjoyed looking at all the projects from students and how incredibly impressed I was with how thoughtful these young students have approached the concept of giving back so early in their life. And I would say that Ellen and her family in particular have been an inspiration to me personally and to so many of us at the Hospital for Sick Children for many, many different reasons. But today I want to say to all of you, you have been an inspiration to me and to countless other adults who have been witnessing your thoughtful and compassionate approach to Project Give Back. All of you laid the ground for two important aspects that you will, in my mind, cherish for the rest of your life. The one concept is obviously the concept of giving back. So now when you give back, you are not simply making some kind of a donation or giving something to others in need. What you're really doing is you're making a difference. And I want all of you to know that you are the ones at your young age who are beginning to make a difference. Winston Churchill once said, you're making a living from what you get, but you're making and creating life by what you give. And I honestly believe if you continue to embrace this concept that Ellen brought to you, I promise you, you will help create and save countless lives as you continue to grow up and become an adult. And many of you probably know what the Talmud says. If you save one person's life, you're saving the world. So please continue on your path of giving back to others. And each and every one of you one day will help make this world a better place. So please never forget that. But there's another aspect of what this project has, I think, taught you. And that will teach you something as you grow up because you have already at a very young age demonstrated leadership and set the foundation to become future leaders in whatever you're going to do in life. Like taking on the responsibility of thinking of how to give back to others, how to recognize that there are individuals who need support is what I believe one of the most essential aspects of any kind of leader because there's something very interesting about supporting and lifting up others. 
it actually allows you by yourself to grow. And at the end of the day, it is not about what you have accomplished. Leadership and success and appreciation of life is how you have lifted up and how, how you have helped others to become a better person or how you have helped others to have even a little bit of a better life. Even if it's just a small contribution, no contribution can ever be too little. So all of you have the ability and power in yourself of being a leader and do something very meaningful, which you have already done. And it all, it all starts by thinking about how you help and support others. So Ellen has asked me to speak about a personal experience. And I was talking to my girls this morning, what should I talk about? So I thought I will share with you how I became a pediatrician and geneticist. It's a very personal story, but I think it touches on all the things I just talked to you about. So what you don't know is when I went to medical school, I thought I want to be a surgeon because I earned some money during nights working in an emergency room. And there was a really cool surgeon who I thought was the coolest guy on earth. And I wanted to be just like him. And so for two years, I, th I knew, that I, I thought I'm going to be a trauma surgeon until our very best friends, who he the husband happened to be the rabbi who married my wife and I, we are celebrating 30th anniversary in two weeks, like three weeks. Um, <clears throat> and they had a second child who stopped developing at the age of three months. And I remember one day my friend calling me saying, Ronnie, we just went to a professor who said, my son has a mitochondrial myopathy. So back then, believe it or not, you probably can't believe it, but we didn't have internet. So I had to go to a dictionary, like a medical dictionary, figure out what is mitochondrial myopathy. I was a second year medical student, I had no idea. So it kind of said, disease of the mitochondria, which is kind of, Duh, I could have figured that out by myself. So I approached the professor who made this diagnosis. And that was the moment when I decided to become a pediatrician and a geneticist because I studied this disease. And then obviously after that, many other diseases. So let's go 10 years forward. I was at Johns Hopkins. I just finished uh, my residency and I started a center for children with low muscle tone. That is my interest, that's my expertise. And after a few years, I, I had established myself a little bit and I got an email from a mother in Toronto. And by that time, by the way, I had no idea that I would ever be moving to Toronto. Who just wanted to reach out. She had a boy who didn't have a diagnosis was also not developing well, and she just wanted advice from me. And when I replied to her within a few hours, she couldn't believe it. And it was one of the very first moments in my young career where I realized sometimes just a little bit of an email reply can mean so much to others. It was a very humbling experience for me. So we communicated for, for several years, and then at some point I came to Toronto and I emailed her, I'm in Toronto, if you're interested, I would love to see you in my clinic. 
So they came, I met them. And at that point, I still didn't have anything to offer in terms of the diagnosis. It, the only thing I had to offer was giving an ear, listening to what problems they were facing, trying to identify solutions together. That's all I had to do. But I learned over time how much that sometimes can mean to others. And then it means a lot to you. Having said that, uh, after a few years, we had a research project. And that research project was sequencing the entire genome of, of children. So I asked them, do you want to go and be part of this research project? And they wanted to be part of it. And lo and behold, we made a diagnosis. We found a mutation in a gene. Um, <clears throat> and I will never forget the moment when I met them in my clinic. And I was able to just give them an answer that they have been looking for for 11 years. And the only thing I had was an answer. I didn't have a therapy. I didn't have anything to offer other than the answer they have been looking for for 11 years. And it's created a very strong relationship between uh, the family and I, and we are still very close. Now I wanted to close the circle by telling you, and I'm always getting emotional about it, but two and a half years ago, this boy, the son of my friends who is now 29 years old. Finally, we made a diagnosis. He lives in Switzerland, but finally we made a diagnosis in him. And he has the same mutation than this other boy from Toronto. And I remember the moment when I spoke to his mom on FaceTime, obviously, <clears throat> and we were both crying after so many years to find an answer. And I'm telling you all of this because there is no real wonderful end, happy end to the story, because I wish I had a magnet, or a magnificent drug that would treat and fix all these problems. It doesn't. But sometimes the little things, then just even finding an answer that you have been looking for for such a long time can mean a whole lot to people and to yourself. So before I get more emotional, I'm going to stop now. Thank you for allowing me to be here with you. And I'm looking forward to seeing all of you one day as leaders in whatever you wanna do. Wow, Ronnie, thank you. Thank you for being here. Guys, you can see why he is who he is. <laughs> oh, what a superhuman. Thank you, Ronnie. Okay, our next speaker, she is so dynamic and she is so well-respected. Um, I'm still, I'm still on Ronnie. Oh boy, Ronnie. Okay. <laughs> but she is responsible for 54 radio stations, two podcast networks, 29 local television stations, 15 television channels. Have you heard of City News? 98.1, CHFI, City TV, KISS 92.5 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This woman is the leader behind it all. Her name is Julie Adam, and she oversees the management and development of Rogers Sports and Media's News and Entertainment. 
in her spare time, she probably does not have much. She sits on the board of Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Canada, the Canadian Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences, Music Counts, Radio Player Canada, and Canadian Broadcast Sales. At Rogers, she's the chair of Rise for Women, a part of Rogers Women's Network and sits on the board of their Inclusion and Diversity Council. And as if that wasn't enough, she's a mother of two boys, a wife. She also just wrote a book. She wrote and published a book and it's all about living and leading with kindness. It's called Imperfectly Kind. Kindness is the must-have superpower you need to lead. She's here with us today. Welcome, Julie Adam. Wow, thank you, Ellen. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here, especially with all these amazing people. Um, a shout out to Project Give Back. And Ellen, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but you know, when we're talking about giving back and the importance of giving back, you gave me one of the greatest gifts uh, I've ever had in my life and will cherish for forever. My, as you mentioned, I have two boys. Both my boys participated in Project Give Back. My older boy, Jack, um, decided that he would do a project on heart disease, which my dad suffered from. Um, and my dad has since passed. My dad's name, Jack, my son's name, Jack. Jack brought, young Jack brought older Jack in to Project Give Back for his presentation. And I have it on video. And, you know, who would have thought that, um, you know, the, this project that my kid was working on in school that I didn't really know too much about and I go and see it and I videotape it. And it, it is one of my prized possessions that I have Jack and Jack. Uh, giving back together. So thank you so much. Your leadership is incredible. You're a total force. Uh, and we're lucky to have you changing the world every single day. Um, I decided I would scribble down three things for, for today. And they're really, if I had to sum up everything that I've learned in my life, and this isn't just about business, this is about life. If, if you said to me, what are the three most important things that you've learned? Um, I, think there, I think there really are three. And they're the three that I, I hold true. And they start with number one is we are all leaders. Everybody can and should be a leader. And I think a lot of times we talk about leadership or being a leader as it's associated with some sort of you know, professional title. You're the leader of a company, you're the leader of a country, you're the leader of a sports team, whatever that case may be. And I don't believe that. I believe that everyone can and everyone should be a leader. And really what that means is everybody needs to use their voice because we all have a voice. And everyone has to use their voice to stand up for what they believe in and to do what's right. And in our place, you know, where I work, where there are a lot of microphones and a lot of cameras around, you know, my mantra is the bigger the microphone, the bigger the camera, which means the bigger the audience that you have, the more responsibility you have to use your voice for good, because you have the opportunity to help a large amount of people 
But every single one of us has the opportunity to help someone. And if you use your voice once a day, once a week, once a month, once a year, whatever that is, whatever works for you, if you do one thing and, and help one person or stand up for one thing that you believe in, that's leadership. And every one of you can be a leader and, and is a leader. The second thing is never let anybody push you off of your values. We need to be flexible and compromise in life. You know, we, we got to listen to our parents. We have to eat our broccoli. I still don't like broccoli, you know, but we sure I'll eat the broccoli if I can have dessert. Um, sure, sure, I'll do my homework. I'll finish, you know, I'll finish my housework as long as I can go out and play with my friends, whatever that is. Of course, we have to compromise. Uh, but we never have to compromise on our values. And values are the attributes or the things that you want to be. Those are the things, as a person, what are the things you want to be known for? What's important to you as a human being? Not, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? But what are those things that are important to you? Maybe it's determination. You're going to be the most determined person. Maybe it's about being generous. You want to give things away. Maybe it's about being you know, showing toughness that you can, you know, do something that's really hard and get through it. For me, I believe kindness is the single most important value. Um, and I've thought deeply about this. And I just think it's the one thing and the one word that no matter what, we can all show kindness. And kindness doesn't mean being a pushover. I've already said, don't let anyone push you off your values. Kindness is about doing what's right for you and for other people. Sometimes that means being a bit tough. You know, if you need to stand up for someone, if someone's getting bullied, or if some, someone's not treating another person well and you need to be tough, you need to be kind to that person, but you need to show the bully that it's not allowed. So never let anyone push you off your values. Kindness doesn't have to be your value. That's, that's what I aim for. And I, you know, no one's 100% perfect, but it's what I aim for. But whatever it is that you believe in, don't let anyone push yourself, push you off of that. And then the final thing is maybe a little more on kindness is um, you have to be kind to yourself. And every single one of us has an inner voice that can be not so nice sometimes to us. It can be kind of jerky. Don't listen to that inner voice. The most successful people in the world, pick your superstar, pick your superhero that you love. I guarantee you that person has an inner voice that tells them they're not smart enough, they're not strong enough, they're not old enough, they're not young enough, they don't have enough experience, they're over-experienced, they're not fast enough and on and on and on. And we have to learn as humans to be kind to ourselves and not listen to that inner voice because you can do whatever it is you wanna do. And I know this group is gonna run the world one day and we're all here cheering you on. Thanks for having me. Wow, Julie, thank you so much. Those are such great tips. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I so remember Jack and Jack. It was such a beautiful presentation, the two of them together. What a, what a dynamic duo. 
And thank you for sharing those amazing thoughts with us, Julie. Thank you. All right, guys, I think it's time for a little music. I just, oh, and I'm so excited he's here to sing for us today. One of my favorite people is Seth Zosky. He's a singer, he's a songwriter, he's a playwright, he's a dancer, he's an actor. He graduated from the highly regarded Sheridan College and his band season won Breakfast Television's Canada's Got Talent contest. He even performed on America's Got Talent and he was one of Jakey's best friends. And he's here with us. Hello, Seth Zosky. Hello. Thank you so, so much, Ellen. Oh. <laughs> um, thank you so much for having me back. Thank you, Project Give Back. Uh, it's always incredible to be here. Um, I'm very inspired by the human beings we have heard so far. Uh, I'm going to sing a song for you. And this is a song from a musical and the musical is Waitress. And the song is called She Used to Be Mine. Typically it is sung by a woman, as you will hear in, in the song, but I find the, the message and the words and the song so beautiful that it can resonate with anyone, and it did with me, and I hope it does with you. And the powerful lyrics remind us how much good is inside each of us, and that sometimes we're too blinded by our imperfections to see the other side of the coin, to see all of that good. Here is She Used to Be Mine. It's not simple to say that most days I don't recognize me. These shoes and this apron That place and its patrons Have taken more than I gave them It's not easy to know That I'm not anything Like I used to be Although it's true I was never attention sweet centered I still remember that girl She's imperfect, but she tries. She is good, but she lies. She is hard on herself. She is broken and won't ask for help. She is messy, but she's kind. She is lonely. Most of the time, she is all of this mixed up and baked in a beautiful pie. She is gone, but she used to be mine. And it's not what I asked for. Sometimes life just slips in through a back door and carves out a person and makes you believe it's all true and now I've got you and 
You're not what I asked for. If I'm honest, I know I would give it all back for a chance to start over and rewrite an ending or two. For the girl that I knew who'd be reckless just enough, who gets hurt, but who learns how to toughen up and she's bruised and gets used by a man who can't love. And then she'll get stuck and be scared of the life that's inside her growing stronger each day till it finally reminds her to fight just a little to bring back the fire in her eyes that's been gone but used to be mine oh, used to be mine oh, she is messy but she's kind. She is lonely most of the time. She is all of this mixed up and baked in a beautiful pie. She is gone, but she used to be mine. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Talk about a guy that gives back. Do you know, Seth, since Seth was probably six, <laughs> he would come over and sing to Jakey. And he did it uh, almost every Sunday, many with his mom and his aunt, um, until Jake's passing and still does it for our jams on Sundays. So Seth, you are tremendous. I love you. Thank you. Love you. All right. I'm so excited for you to meet our shining star. She's from Markham, Ontario. And in her fourth year at Queen's University, she loves all things sports, the Leafs, and summers at the cottage. Emily was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, and she has been a patient at Sick Kids for the first 18 years of her life. She is strong, she is determined, and an advocate for both sick kids and Cystic Fibrosis Canada. She has raised over $200,000, and she is now an impact ambassador at Sick Kids Foundation. Emily Strike, we are so happy to have you here. Welcome, Emily. Hello, and thank you so much, Ellen. I'm honored to be speaking to you all and alongside such incredible leaders. Uh, my name is Emily. As Ellen said, I'm from Markham, and I'm going into my fourth year at Queen's University studying psychology and health studies. A bit about me, I love to play sports, spend time in my cottage. I'm a Big Leafs fan, as Ellen mentioned as well. And yes, I'm involved in some philanthropy and patient advocacy in my life, but how did I get here and why am I involved? Well, it all starts back at the beginning for me. 
I was diagnosed with a life-changing condition at six weeks old, and my life has been quite the roller coaster ride ever since. When I failed to thrive as a newborn, my parents took me to many hospitals, undergoing test after test to find out what was wrong. And just when all seemed hopeless, my parents found Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto. They learned when I was only six weeks old that I had a genetic disease called cystic fibrosis, CF for short, and it's the most common fatal genetic disease affecting Canadian children and young adults. So CF mainly affects my lungs and my digestive system, but truly impacts every organ in my body. Every morning and night, I do 30 minutes of physiotherapy for my lungs so that they stay healthy. I also take several pills, puffers, and inhaled medications daily. Fun fact, two people with CF cannot be within six feet of each other as we carry bacteria in our lungs that could be harmful to one another. Does this sound familiar to you? Well, people with CF are the original social distancers, and we have been doing so way before the COVID-19 pandemic. I've always had to take time out from activities or being with my friends in order to keep up with my treatments and my health. With multiple surgeries, x-rays, blood work, scans, MRIs, over 100 visits to the CF clinic, and over 1,000 hours hooked up to an IV in hospital, I'm not your average person. I don't take anything for granted. I have unshakable faith, and I live my life with hope. One particular lesson I've learned along my journey is the value of giving back. Ever since I was little, I loved to perform in front of an audience. And when I was 10 years old, I spoke at a gala about my life with CF and immediately saw my impact in the donation auction that followed, where people were raising their hands to donate thousands of dollars towards my cause. I couldn't believe my eyes. I felt like a superhero whose words had special powers to make people give, and I wanted to do it again and again and again. So from then on, I continued public speaking for Cystic Fibrosis Canada and then for SickKids as a patient ambassador. I can never say enough about that hospital. It was the second home for the first 18 years of my life, and the people on my team became my family. I often say that I cried more when I graduated from sick kids than when I did from high school. And no matter what life continues to throw my way, I know I'll always be the strong fighter that sick kids has taught me to be. Besides speaking, I've participated in the annual walk to make CF history for as long as I can remember. Most years, it's been held at the Toronto Zoo, and a few weeks ago, on May 29th, I was thrilled to be back in person for the first time since the pandemic began. I'm the captain of my team, M's Entourage, and we have raised over $150,000 to date, averaging around $10,000 a year. And this year, I was the sixth highest fundraiser in Toronto. I'm incredibly grateful to have the incredible support system I do, and I could not accomplish this or be where I am today without my amazing family and friends. When I started my undergrad at Queen's in September 2019, I undoubtedly took my cause and positive drive with me. 
I became an orientation leader, joined the Queen's Pre-Law Society, and tried a bunch of intramural sports. But I found my favorite time was donated to Queen Shinarama, the Canada-wide organization that raises funds for CF research and care. I realized that my, that, that my philanthropic passion was ongoing, and I followed it all the way, all the way to where I am now, with this fall marking my second year as co-chair. I lead a team of executives and organizing various fundraising events throughout the year. COVID has definitely made things challenging, but so far we've hosted virtual trivia nights, speaker series on Zoom, sold raffle tickets, auctioned off prizes, and delivered hundreds of cookies throughout the student ghetto. We raised almost $1,200 last year, and we are anxiously planning for this one. Being able to participate in these very events means the world to me. To me, giving back is one of the greatest feelings you can experience. It's a way to demonstrate gratitude for my community and to support incredible initiatives dedicated to helping others. And while my involvement may seem very personal, it's truly so much more. I had the incredible opportunity to start a drug called Trikafta on May 1st of this year. It's completely changed my life. I don't cough anymore, I have more energy, and my life expectancy has increased a lot. I'm able to make my dreams for the future a reality while being myself and doing what I love. I desperately want this for all people living with CF, but it's a genetic disease, which means it looks and is treated differently in each person. Not only was it a long, hard-fought road to get the drug's approval in Canada, but Trikafta remains inaccessible to some CF patients. By raising awareness and funds for further research, my hope is that one day every patient will get their chance. This demonstrates the need to keep fighting for a cause you believe in, no matter how far you've come, as there is always further to go. And as I get older, I'm learning that's true in terms of my health as well. I've experienced some new hurdles in the last few years, such as being diagnosed with CF-related diabetes three days before I left for university. It initially seemed impossible to handle, but fundraising for diabetes research has allowed for incredible advancements in technology. Did you know that I can scan my blood sugar with my phone? See, I told you I was a superhero. The point is I'm still able to be me because of resources made possible by people who care. To me, giving back is more than a speech or getting a donation. I know firsthand how it can change lives. And I think it is so important for my generation to find a cause. Growing up, my parents would tell me, you're not alone. If you look around, everyone has something and it couldn't be more true. Every single person I've met has been impacted by a cause, be it directly or indirectly. And my suggestion to you beautiful young people is to act on it. Find a cause that motivates you, that drives you, that you care about, and then tell the world why they should care about it too. I believe that bringing people together to support a cause is one of the most incredible aspects of humanity. So living with CF has shaped me into the person I am today, and I'm really proud of who that is. 
This summer, I'm working as an impact ambassador at the Sick Kids Foundation, a surreal full circle moment for me. Every day I work to support one of the best causes in the world. And okay, I'll admit I'm a bit biased, but the truth is I wouldn't be where I am without my healthcare team, my amazing friends and family, and my special bond with other CF patients who all inspire to keep me fighting on my toughest days. Because of philanthropy, fundraising efforts, and people who care, I truly believe that one day CF will stand for Cure Found, and I cannot wait for that day. Philanthropy is a shooting star that lights up the whole galaxy with hope. So what are you waiting for? Go get your telescope and look at how you can brighten up the sky. Thank you. Thank you, Emily, and you are a superhero. Thank you for being here and thank you for being so brave and someone who truly leads by example. Thank you. And now it's time for Kindness Corner with Lindsay at One to Give. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much to the Project Give Back community for continuing to join us on our journey of small asks making a big impact. Continue to follow our Instagram at one to give to where we will be sharing little ways that each of us can help others and help our community. Over the summer, we're going to be sharing other essential needs that newcomers to Toronto from Ukraine are looking for, whether it's shoes, clothing, or bicycles. Continue to follow our account, continue to look for ways that you can make a difference, and as always, kindness is contagious. Well, everyone, that wraps today's episode of Connects. I want to thank you all for being here. Thank our magnificent guests. Please share this with anyone who know who you know is going to love this episode. As always, my message to you is please be kind to one another. Let's embrace one another. Let's learn from one another. Everyone have the most amazing summer. And we'll see you in the fall. Mm -hmm. Open your heart today.